In 2021, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the average earnings for a full-time worker in America was roughly $75,000. While this may seem like a lot of income to some, for others it's not enough to get by. After all, financial stability is relative based on where you live, who you're supporting, and a number of other factors. According to a recent poll by Bankrate, only one in four Americans currently feel financially secure. Respondents of the survey said that factors like high inflation, rising interest rates, and the threat of a looming recession all fed into this feeling of insecurity. A portion also cited high levels of debt and difficulties in becoming a homeowner. There's no doubt that there's many challenges stacked against Americans right now, from higher prices on food, energy, and travel, to stagnating wages in many industries. It can feel extremely difficult to build an emergency fund or contribute to a 401k. Financial advisor Lori Sackler sees this firsthand every day. However, she points out that even if you can save the smallest amount, it's still building towards a goal. Sackler is a senior vice president and family wealth director at a major financial institution in the U.S. She's also the author of The M Word, the money talk every family needs to have about wealth and their financial future. When it comes up in our planning conversations, we're obviously needing to adjust for inflation, taking into account you know, long-term income needs and people having to keep up with inflation. But yeah, I mean, it's having an impact. And there are a lot of families that are really struggling because of it. The reality is that the market will always dip and climb. Sackler says that too often she sees people wait to put a plan in place until they reach a certain salary or feel 100% confident about the economy. Instead, she presses that there's no time like the present to have these money conversations. Let's give an example. Maybe it's a couple and one is more consumer-driven than the other and Maybe the other is the one that's writing the checks and keeping up with the budget. So having that conversation and addressing it between marital partners is really important. If you're going to have to transition through whatever you're going through, whether it's rising costs due to inflation or retirement, which when inflation will have a much bigger impact, probably over a longer period of time, you need to have these conversations with the people who are engaged in this particular transition or in the case of inflation, who are impacting the family finances because of the inflation. Yeah, so not an easy thing to talk about, but you literally have to think through what you want to say and how you're going to say it. Sackler recommends going through the who, why, where, when, and how of these conversations before getting started. Maybe there's kids involved also. When is the best time? Certainly not a stressful moment when someone's just walked in the door from work, for example, or where do you want to have it? Maybe it's quiet evening out where just the two of you are trying to settle into some more intimate conversation. And why is it so important? Because maybe it's interfering with the ability to invest, put money aside for college. And then how do we best conduct the money talk? That's basically making sure that you understand how to approach this particular person. You want to avoid the hot buttons and you want to think through what's the best way to communicate to this partner about these issues that you're having. And then, of course, asking for help. That's number four in my five-step process. Really, maybe it's not a good idea for you to talk to your partner, just the two of you. Maybe you want to bring in an advisor or an accountant or an attorney or a third party that you both trust. Maybe it's a really heated topic. 
that you've had disagreements about. Maybe it's a counselor, a family therapist. Once you've made all of these decisions, it's time to jump in. But where's a good place to start? Financial expert Emily Guy Birkin recommends pulling up a past bank statement to see what an average month of purchases looks like. Once you've determined some areas where you can reduce spending, the next step is finding a way to track progress in the upcoming month. There are apps like Mint, which is kind of the granddaddy of these apps, but then there's also things like You Need a Budget, which is Y-N-A-B, is how it's usually marketed. And then there's also Marcus Insights is another one that what it does is it'll track your spending for you. So instead of having to carry around a notebook and pencil everywhere you go, or having to, you know, set up your own Excel spreadsheet, these will do that for you, and then you can use that information. And that is kind of revolutionary because tracking does not sound fun to anyone, and now it doesn't need to be difficult. Setting a budget for each category of spending is the first step. It doesn't matter if it's with the help of a financial advisor or a financial tech app. Next, you'll want to establish your goals for saving. Perkin recommends that one way to look at the bigger picture and stay organized is to map out a life timeline along this horizontal line, write down short and long-term financial targets that you'd like to hit. Get a blank sheet of paper, you draw a little stick figure all the way on the left, and then draw a line that represents the rest of your life. And then on that line, you're going to put in the different things, different ages you want to do. You know, if you want to retire at, let's say, 58, you put that in there if you want to pay for your kid's education. So to start with, drawing is always going to be more fun than not drawing. <laughs> and then putting things on your timeline that way already gets you thinking about things much more dynamically, which is a lot more fun anyway than just writing down, my goal is to retire with a million dollars in 10 years. So you write that down and that you can't do much with that. But, you know, if you draw it on a timeline and then you start thinking about, you know, I also wanted to visit Machu Picchu and I'm going to put that on the timeline. And goodness, how am I going to make that work? And in order to stay on top of these goals, there's no shame in needing someone to hold you accountable. This can be a partner or a family member or a third party like a financial advisor who you meet with twice a year. Sackler offers up these tips to finding a good professional. Literally, you can go to the CFP website. I think I provide it in the book. And you can do a search engine. You can figure out what geography you want. And you can probably search for additional designations. And then you can reach out to these individuals. The Internet's a great tool these days. You can Google in your search engine, certified financial planner, financial advisor, and you can put all kinds of search words in there and then start to see geographically who's near you because there's plenty of people out there who are qualified. And then, of course, I always talk about chemistry. In addition to having the right expertise and experience and the kind of practice that's compatible with your needs, you want to make sure it's somebody, obviously, that you can trust, who has a chemistry that you can relate to and that family members can talk to as well. And these good money habits also set a good example if you have children. If you can show a good money personality, one where you've got good values around how you acquire, how you use, and how you manage money, those patterns will be passed along generations. And if, in fact, you don't come from a family where those particular patterns are in place, 
that's when potential problems can happen. And then, of course, you need to help your kids become aware of those patterns and try with awareness, try and change that family money history. So we see these patterns of good behavior and bad behavior being passed down through generations. It's only through awareness that individuals can change that pattern. To find out more about this topic and both of our guests, Lori Sackler and Emily Guy Birkin, head to viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written by our executive producer, Amira Zuberi. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints. Many people just sort of shrugged and said, well, it's God's will. If I live, I live. If I die, I die. Looking back to when cancer research was considered a losing battle. Then... You could buy bottles of tincture of cannabis from the big drug companies like Eli Lilly. A brief history of cannabis and its entry into the U.S. market. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.